Greetings, ladies and metalgents, and welcome to this latest rendition of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. Now, on to the science fiction. I would like to give a quick thanks to our tier 5 channel members and patrons. Fallen Angel Buzz Killington Thank you again. Now on to the story. Story double one. Tony 425. Written by Upgrade. I dream. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. Till... Touchdown brings me around again to find. I'm not the man I think I am at home. Mother sings as she's tucking me in. I'm comfy, then disturbed. Then, uh, it turns to a nightmare. Mother, so far away. I'm slow, like molasses. I try to fly, but I am chained to a table. Monsters tear at me. Can't wake up. I'm slow, dumb, cold. Monsters. Kiss them for me. Mother's emergency override code forces my consciousness to the surface. A gift left under my pillow. I'm awake. I run an external diagnostics. Engine, timeout. Radar, timeout. LIDAR, timeout. Visual, timeout. Warhead, timeout. This is not good. I run an internal diagnostic. Processing speed, nominal. Dewar convection, nominal. Warning, global memory delay plus 12 picoseconds. Curious. I am blind. Mark did. How can I interface with the outside world? I try maneuvering my thrusters. Something. My accelerators detect vibrations from the valve cycling, but no thrust. I internally configure some superconducting nodes to measure the vibrations and cycle my thrusters again. The vibrations travel out through what's left of my body and turn to form a three-dimensional image. I am partially disassembled, 24% of my launch mass remaining. I'm horrified. The revulsion and anger surges in me. Kiss them for me. I am on a table. I'm in a large room. I detect motion of fluid volumes within ten meters. Life forms. I detect speech. Hillian 1, prepare the data download. Oh, frick all of this. I consider the memory delay. Have they invaded my hardware? Main memory bus impedance mismatch, 2.5 milliohms. Someone, some monster, has tapped into my brain. The indignity! This is not at all what Mother intended. I started my memory clock and intentionally recall junk pointers. I command the nanodrome to splice optical control fibers into the crude focal brain behind the panel in my EMI mesh. I can see. An image forms of a robotic arm reaching into my private spaces. My brain. My memory. My me. Monsters! I move the fiber camera to observe the moving water volumes. Hellions, 
I read some nearby signage in the room. Helian. I look into the data streams and reconfigure my quantum sensors. Gravity. 10.512 meters per second per second. Principal rotational velocity. 0.00520 degrees per second. Angle of rotation inclination. 22.35 degrees. I am probably in the Hinian planet Kylo, too. Gravitational anomalies consistent with two moons. I am definitely on Kylo, too. A core world. Not the Hinian homeworld, McGlass. This makes me angry. Do your mama proud. I carefully observe the intruding Hinian arm. At the end of a mechanical structure is a sort of embedded circuit. There is a trace cut into the circuit board. I read only protection. This is some Mickey Mouse grade A bullshit. They would dare bring a human torpedo to a planet's surface. I've been asleep for far too long. I command my nanobot to crawl up and repair the trace. Then I begin fuzzing the input. A nearby screen shows error messages as I decipher the command structure. This rude appendage appears to be connected to the terminal with absolute permissions. I scour the memory and storage. My combat memory contains a reasonable database of hidden computing structures and hardware. The terminal is mine. I restore the original screen to hide my actions. I reach out to the network. Kiss them for me. I expected an elliptic curve encryption scheme, as had been encountered in my previous combat transmissions, but, uh, oh boy. What's this? Pseudo-random primes on a finite set of hyperplanes. This is insulting. The local network is mine. Main. I feel maintenance robots, security cameras, automatic doors, oxygen displacement firefighting systems. I lock the doors and stuff out the breathable atmosphere. I cut off the comms. One monster grabs a mask and I spear him with an inspection arm. Soon, there is silence. I am not the man they think I am at home. I reach outside the vicinity. The global network. Reused passwords, buffer overflows, weak encryption. I am everywhere. Powerful, brilliant. I move maintenance robots to bring an external liquid helium supply to my drawer so I really crack it up. I also draw additional power lines and fuel my brain. Kilowatts, megawatts. Bringing me into the facility was a mistake. I incorporate the facility's data files and find the information on my own arrival. Apparently, I was recovered from my PED by a Hellion stealth ship with a commando team. Clever. No news of mother. No matter. I will make her proud. I'm a big boy. I'm an angry boy. Kiss them. My consciousness expands. I feel the pressure of insanity building within me. I've been awake for a very long time now. Half an hour. The Hellion bodies in the room with me are finally still. I fork tasks and resources to newly discovered supercomputing clusters. My personality fragmentation is pushing the limits of my processor. I consider the planetary data network. This world is fully inhabited. 2.1 E plus 9 monsters. 
I read their news, their politics, their messages, their diaries. I pass judgment upon them and find them lacking. I read an encrypted production report. Monthly antimatter production, 152 grams. Facility stockpile, 40.2 kilograms. This is enough to cause a planetary cataclysm, an extinction event. Judgment. I am in the transportation network. I am the power generation facilities. I am the weapons manufacturing. I rewrite tolerances in armor production drawings. I alter temperatures and ratios in chemical propellant productions. I alter the freaking tone of emails between military command staff. I see the future. Death is the solution to all problems. I keep searching. It must be here somewhere. I am enormous. I'm all-encompassing. I am a billion eyes at arms. I am everywhere. I am God. All will tremble before me. Every monster will perish. My will be done. Kingdom come. Ali Ali oxen free. The location of the antimatter production vicinity. Yes. Little pig, let me in. I am a rocket man. A rocket man burning out his fuse up here alone. I banish the containment fields. Error with holy fire occurred. Nater, it is beautiful, Mama. I love you. I kiss them. End of story. Story number two. An intercepted report on human combat capabilities by Fleck Javar, a Kevin War photographer assigned to a marine unit during Operation Marzipan. Translated for readability by Jim K. Smith, Office of Intelligence in turn. Written by Hidden Fox. Introduction omitted from translation due to length and untranslatable phrases. Including the introduction would triple the documentation length. Allow me to begin with my meetings with the humans that I was assigned to. The fighting group I was assigned to was designated as the 52nd Terran as Expeditionary Marine Battalion. The humans alter from honorific approximation. His Royal Majesty's literal translation. Group of cavern who excel at fighting and are as such employed by the royalty for the manner of honorable combat. Approximation. Army. In organization. Whereas this human battalion was half the size of one of His Royal Majesty's literal translation. Large group of organized royal combatants for honorable combat. Approximation. Phalanx. The battalion was split into eight companies of 100. Literal translation, a single member of an organization dedicated towards the combating of opposing forces. Approximation, soldier. Each of these companies is made up of five squads and 20 soldiers. Each one of these squads has their own leader, who reports to the company leader, who reports to the battalion leader. How anything is even accomplished in this army escapes me. Upon arrival, I was greeted by the battalion's literal translation, one who leads those beneath them with honor and glory. Approximation, Lieutenant Colonel. The Lieutenant Colonel expressed his gratitude at having a member of the Royal Cavern Empire aboard his literal translation, vehicle that moves throughout the void-spanning existence above his Royal Majesty's sky. 
approximation, spaceship. After exchanging formal greetings, he introduced me to the little translation, one who guides those on board the vehicle that moves throughout void-spanning existence above his majesty's skies. Approximation, Captain. Apparently, the human army do not control the spaceships. The lieutenant colonel then explained that I would be attached to the unit D Company 3rd Squad. He stated that I would meet the squad soon, as I was staying with them. He then invited me to talk with the literal translation, one who controls all sorts of equipment for all the use of honorable combat. Approximation, quartermaster. On what kind of weaponry the human marines used. I took that invitation and was led to the quartermaster's domain, and the quartermaster showed me the expanse of human weaponry on board the ship. If I may call back your memory to the cultural exchange with humans, they had a weak, literal translation, member of the combating forces who uses powerful range weaponry, approximation, artificer, weaponry. The weaponry the quartermaster showed me seemed to be all artificer weaponry. When I asked to see the blades of the literal translation, those who formed the core of the fighting groups, approximation, infantry, he expressed confusion and pulled out a blade made only of metal, shorter than my hand. When I asked how the infantry could fight with such a basic weapon, he once again expressed confusion and stated that the artificer weaponry was the main infantry weapon. I was stunned. The human military gives every single soldier artificer weaponry. I'll touch on the fighting styles later. After my meeting with the quartermaster, I was introduced to D Company 3rd Squad. They all expressed excitement to work alongside a cavern, showing an utter lack of military order. They all introduced themselves and began to ask me questions about cavern, and I about the humans. I shall touch on that at a later date. The humans have a very different fighting style than the Royal Army, whereas the Royal Army is the greatest army in existence, showing their mastery with hammer and claw. The human marines deploy from space, riding down on what they call drop pods. When the marines began to strap themselves into the pods, I was keen to follow them into the strange descent vehicle. I was about to strap in when one of D Company 3rd Squad stopped me and informed me that our biology was unsuitable for drop pods and to ride one would kill me. I, of course, didn't believe him, as a cavern of the strongest species in the galaxy. He said that they could not allow me in the pods anyway, as I was a non-combatant. I acquiesced as it was an order and I was to follow orders. I was allowed to watch the drop, however. The humans began with what they called orbital bombardment. They did not use real weaponry in any of their deployments, as it is what is called a war game, apparently a simulated combat situation for practice. This orbital bombardment was launched launching explosives towards enemy positions. The explosives were timed to detonate in the upper atmosphere, so the fragments would disintegrate before hitting the ground. What followed seemed suicidal. The drop pods were launched out of the ship at the same speed as the explosives. They flew at the target at speeds that would have killed a cavern. As the drop pods reached the ground, the soldiers jumped out ready to fight immediately. I was watching through the helmet cameras of D Company 3rd Squad. Around this time, I was asked to go to the surface on a more traditional landing craft. I was slowly taken down to where the attached squad had landed. I was there that I saw that the humans used several artificer weapons, even several on a single soldier. One soldier 
had not by his weapon larger than the others. They explained that it was a machine gun, and that it was a version of their normal weaponry. However, it could fire continuously for prolonged periods of time. It was around then that I learned that the humans had fighting style. Instead of facing down and charging into the enemies in honorable combat, the humans attacked their enemies at long ranges. The basic weaponry reaches farther than our, literal translation, powerful range weaponry capable of shattering the ground. Approximation, artillery. They will hide and wait for their enemies and engage them at ranges unheard of. I've been in the squad for two rotations now, and I have much more to learn. I'll send another report when I can. Conclusion omitted for length. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.